Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, Let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, is my friend and the professional better known on gambling Twitter as So Money Sport. And So Money, as always, we like to start this show off with our favorite underdog. This is not an easy card. It's a nine-game card on Tuesday, February 15th, and there are a lot of big dogs, but they're all very, very ugly. However, I do think there's one that's a little interesting. That is the Philadelphia Flyers. They're plus 235 traveling across the Keystone State to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are almost minus 300. They're minus 295 at the moment. The over-under here is uh, set at six. Let's be honest, right off the top, the Flyers are very bad. The Penguins are very good. This bet is not likely to win. That's why the odds are so high. However, I just think in terms of a spot, it's not a terrible time to back the Flyers. They're just under the break-even mark in terms of their expected goals rate. So it's not like they're getting shelled. They're driving play all right over their last dozen games. However, they are allowing 2.84 goals against at five on five in that span per game. And that should, I hope, because I, I do trust Carter Hart a little bit, I would like to think that number would tick down a little bit. Plus, Kevin Hayes looks like he will be back for Philadelphia, giving them a little bit more depth down the middle. And, I, I mean, this is a narrative-based thing, but we do talk about how you do need to kind of sprinkle some subjectivity into your handicapping. Uh, Claude Giroux, this, this is going to be his last month as a flyer. He'll be traded at the trade deadline. Uh, he's an all-time great in Philadelphia. And I do think that the team is going to try to kind of give him a send-off, whether that means like, you know, giving themselves a, a fake kind of, let's get back into it, into the playoff mix kind of hoorah thing. Um, so I do think that there's a little bit of value here at a huge number in Philadelphia. You know, it's a rivalry game. It's a divisional game. Um, and we do expect the Penguins goaltending to regress a little bit from where it was uh, in the first half. So I know that you didn't have an underdog that you really liked on this night, and the Flyers are my reluctant one, but that's how we'll start it. Philadelphia plus 235 uh, against the Penguins, and let's hope that uh, everybody didn't just turn off the podcast for that one as we go <laughs> into the, the rest of the board here. Let's start this section of the podcast, and this is where I'll bring you in. New York Islanders, uh, my New York Islanders, the team I hate the most right now, they're minus 180 <laughs> traveling to Buffalo. After a Western Canadian trip, New York travels to Buffalo, comes home for a couple of days, and then goes back out west to California next week. So a weird schedule spot here for the Islanders. They're minus 180. The Sabres plus 155. The over-under here is five and a half. Anything for you, Buffalo and New York? Well, firstly, I'm... I'm sorry about your Islanders. It's just uh, must be incredibly frustrating, especially that uh, that a uh, Western swing. They just that Alberta two-step there. I think that they probably deserved a better result there. Um, it's it's really hard right now to make a case for the Isles as such a heavy road favorite, even in even in Buffalo. Uh, they've just had so much to deal with this season. They haven't been making up any ground um, with their with their improved play when they went on that, I guess, a mini streak there and. I would defer to you on the Islanders, but it, it, it just feels like they're kind of at the at the end of the road here. 
that being said, I'm not rushing to bet on the Sabres either. Um, the Isles are continuing to put up strong defensive numbers for me. And I do have Craig Anderson in good form right now as well. So if Anderson is confirmed early, I can see this under getting steamed in the morning. What, um, what we've been seeing in the market now is that Earlier on in the season, um, we would see the Islanders early steam on the under when they were playing at home. Now we're seeing that regardless of the venue, uh, that Islanders unders take steam um, earlier in the mornings now. Um, That would be the direction I would be looking at as well if we are able to get the under number we need. So I'm looking at the under and I would be laying off the side here on this game. Yeah, I think it's Sabres or nothing, honestly. Like, the Islanders have, it sounds weird because their record doesn't show it, but they've largely been playing some of their best hockey of the season since that first yeah. couple of games, the past two weeks, a couple of games notwithstanding. Um, but they're not getting the results. They, they played pretty well against Edmonton. They were all right for the f- little while against Calgary, uh, played pretty well against your Canucks in a, in a really strange game. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's that, that Calgary game really felt like the one where I was using the Edmonton game. They're not getting two points out of that great effort felt like the one where that's, that could be the one that breaks this team, uh, for good. They still have eight games in hand on Washington, a team that they're chasing. The capitals are slowly sinking. Uh, but yeah, at this point it's the, the Islanders would need to go on like an eight game winning streak just to get into the mix. So exactly. a long road ahead for a really uh, tough season for, for Barry Trotz's men. On that sad, somber note, let's move on to Tampa Bay. They're minus 255, uh, another big road favorite, taking on the Devils, who are plus 205. The over-under here set at six. Dougie Hamilton getting close to returning for the Devils. However, I don't really think he's going to be playing goal, and that's the biggest problem (laughs) with New Jersey at the moment. They did pull a nice upset over the Blues uh, last week. Uh, but this is a, a whole different beast. The Tampa Bay Lightning are outscoring opponents by nearly a goal per hour at five on five over their last 10 games. They're in great form, regardless of what their record is. And they played a pretty good game against the Avalanche last Thursday. Whew. I mean, there's no way that I can get involved with the Devils here. I know you, you you talk about the Lightning always profiling as an under team, but with the Devils goaltending, I don't think you can uh, <laughs> can get there. Huh? Yeah, and I'm, I've, I've really enjoyed... Uh looking at this uh, Tampa Bay team this season because they're one of those teams where I I mean, I, I always have profiles of teams and over an 82-game schedule, um, teams go back and forth from being an under team, over team, play on, play, uh, fade. And Tampa Bay has been in all of those categories, which is which is nice. Um, I, I, I always enjoy being able to move teams back and forth because that's where the edges come um, when, especially if, if you can be in front of the market. So we have talked extensively about uh, Tampa Bay being an under team, but with Kucherov back, I think we need to hold off on that a bit. I'm not taking them out of an under team yet, but um, I'm not confident in keeping them there. So they have started generating offensively again, but with Vasilevsky in goal, I'll need a better price to go over. Um, I felt that the Devils, they did play well against the Penguins last game. It's 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 one game, but it seemed like to me when I was reviewing that game that there was an understanding there of how tight that they needed to be playing. Again, it is just one game. So um, we so that's something that we need to monitor rather than um, rather than make a case for it. So in in this game, I do have conflicting numbers for these teams. I'll show an edge on Tampa overs slightly right now, but I need some more offensive consistency 
um, from their opponent in order for me to play an over there. Conversely, I'm getting small edges on the Devils unders, which is surprising to say, even though the final scores, um, they don't support that. So obviously that has to do with uh, with the Devils goaltending issues. So because of all those conflicting factors, I probably need more time um, in assessing the Devils. Um, I'll be I'll be passing on this game. The Boston Bruins are plus 120 road underdogs traveling to Madison Square Garden where the Rangers are waiting as minus 140 road favorites over under here is six Uh, for the Bruins. Brad Marchand still suspended. Bruce Cassidy said that Patrice Bergeron is expected to play in one of the two games this week, whether he starts uh, against the Rangers or the Islanders on Thursday remains to be seen, but definitely got to keep an eye on that one because it's a huge difference for the Bruins. The Rangers are allowing nearly three expected goals per 60 minutes at five on five in their last 10 games, but it just doesn't matter because Igor Shosturkin is still playing at an all world level for them in goal. Uh, their defensive metrics continue to be not great and uh, does it just doesn't matter. And that is very frustrating as a handicapper. Uh, but I guess maybe we just are starting to accept that's who the Rangers are at this point, And they will literally go as far as Igor can take them. Uh, that being said, I've got nothing here. I do think if Bergeron's in, the Bruins become a little more interesting, but the number would likely crater uh, out of range. So this will likely be a pass for me. Anything for you, Boston and New York? I do usually get nervous um, backing a goaltender off a long layoff, but Igor doesn't fall into that category for me. He's um, He's one of those special players that... I don't really look into that kind of stuff with them. Um, It has been two weeks since we saw the Rangers play. So it is difficult right now, obviously, to assess their form. We did see them start to start trending better defensively uh, before the break. But I'm not putting too much stock into that because there was a couple of games there and then they had a long break. So let's let's see how they do when they when they come back where i do see an edge and we've talked about this all season is when the bruins are missing pieces from their top six uh, marshawn will be out i'm actually expecting bergeron to be out as well um, and i believe that uh, matt Grizzlick will be back in the lineup so that so that bodes well for for an under there um swayman is confirmed in net so we should see a swayman Igor combination combined with the other factors i just mentioned um, those elements they do put me on the on the under in this game. Yeah, Swayman, uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how the Bruins handle their goaltending. And Swayman generally, like, I think if you're available to bet Calder Trophy markets, we're only halfway through the season. Everyone's talking about Zegris. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you remember October, November, everyone was saying, oh, it's a lock for either Cider or Raymond. So these things do really change over mm-hmm. time. If, if Zegris has like a slow second half or, uh, the you know, the Red Wings guys don't catch fire. Swayman could be interesting if, if he does kind of carry the Bruins to a strong record at the end of the year. So just uh, want to keep in mind, maybe uh, if you want to have a sprinkle on that market. Yeah. And he should be getting a lot of starts now too, because um, obviously uh, with, with Raz gone, but, but not only that um, we're seeing a definitive difference now between these two goaltenders with um, Swayman and Allmark. Um, I think that it's just going to take a couple more good games here by Swayman and he, he can really establish himself as, as the, as a number one there. And if the Bruins don't go out and get any help, he's, he's the guy that gets to run with it. So yeah, I, I would, I would definitely agree with you there. So there you go. Jeremy Swayman. I think he was 25 to one uh, last time I saw that market pop up. Uh, that's what he was before the season as well. 
Uh, the Blues, minus 185, traveling to Ottawa to take on our Ottawa Senators. They're plus 155. The over-under here is six. On our last episode on Thursday, we talked about how the Senators were clipping it at an almost like alarmingly good rate as a big underdog the past two seasons. And that hasn't changed. They did lose to uh, the Bruins on Saturday, but then they beat the Capitals as a decent underdog on Sunday. And uh, they just continue to punch up really well. And the Blues, as strong a team as they are, and as much talent and depth as they have up front, they are flawed a little bit. They don't drive play that well, particularly. They've been bad over their last 10 games in that department. 42.4% expected goals rate, according to Evolving Hockey. They're 6-4 and four still in those games, so not a bad record at all. But they do get bailed out by their goaltending quite a bit, especially when Billy Huso's in net. Ottawa, on the other hand, has been good defensively uh, all of a sudden, or I shouldn't say defensively, but more. They've been getting uh, better defensively and also strong goaltending, especially from Matt Murray. Uh, Only two goals allowed uh, per 60 minutes of five on five over the last 16 games for the Senators. So once again, I think you're getting a pretty good number here on Ottawa, plus 155 against a team that shouldn't. They don't profile as a team that will you know, just take them behind the woodshed here. So I'll probably be on our beautiful pesky sense tomorrow uh you know 145 or better what about you it's funny last year at this time if uh i would have laughed if like you told me that i would be considering a uh, huso murray under here but uh <laughs> but but that's where we are right now um we've talked about this and like the last um little bit the way that things have played out um we do need to consider huso now as the uh, starting goaltender for the blues um i think that he's legitimately taken over the top spot there the Sens have been an under team for me the last couple of weeks, um, and I'm, I'm not really seeing any any changes to that. The, the concern I have in this game is that the Blues, as they're getting healthy, I want to give them more time to kind of see where, where they show up on their offensive numbers for me. So I think that I don't want to completely make them an under team right now. I need more time to... I uh, see them play and kind of have the have my numbers stabilize on them. So um, I do lean the under here, but I suspect that we haven't hit the ceiling yet on the Blues offense. So I'm going to take a step back. Um, but of course, it's it's all dependent on where the number opens once the market opens up. But for me here, it would be under or probably pass. The Washington Capitals, we talked about it last week. They're struggling right now. If the Islanders were any good, they'd be in maybe a little bit of hot water in terms of the playoff spot. But they're plus 120 traveling to Nashville, minus 140 at home. The over-under here is six. I do think if this number comes down on Nashville, I'd have a little bit of interest. I don't know if it will. Uh, but other than that, I think you might start to see uh, some buy-low opportunities pop up on the Capitals. But for right now at this number, it'll be a pass for me. Uh, I just, it's hard to trust Washington uh, on the road at, at, a, at a number like this when their goaltending and their defense isn't good enough to bail them out when their offense isn't clicking. And, and the Predators have profiled as a pretty strong defensive team this season, and they have a great goaltender. So uh, it's hard to really make an argument for Washington at a short number like this. Thus, uh, it, it'll be Preds or nothing for me, most likely on Thursday. Anything for you, Washington and Nashville? Yeah, this is, a, this is a tough matchup to kind of get a grasp on. As you mentioned, the Capitals are reeling right now. And uh, even though their games produce goals, I, I don't have them as a strong offensive team right now. So when that happens, I want to dig deeper into their goaltending and their opponents. So it makes sense once we consider that Samsonov um, has been receiving the majority of the starts lately, um, who I've been low on all season, and the Capitals 
recent games before this ends have been against the Habs, the Jackets, and the Oilers. So we know that they're not facing defensive stalwarts here either. For the Preds, that's another team who I show playing under games, but their final scores somehow end up creeping over. For them, when we dig deeper, it's obviously not the goaltending that's the issue, but what happens in national games, it's the special teams. So, for example, against Winnipeg, um, who I had the under on, four of the seven goals in that game were scored on the power play, and they added an empty night for, for good measure. So those kind of things are tough to predict. I would be looking at the under here, but in the end, I think ultimately Samsonov keeps me off it. So unless if I get a flat six, um, which I doubt I will, I, I won't be playing this game. But if I get my my number I'm looking for on the six, then I would look under here or or pass. The Calgary Flames are back in a big way. Six game uh, winning streak for Daryl Sutter's boys. They're eight and two in their last 10 and they're scoring 4.32 goals per 60 minutes at five on five over the last month. We saw this uh, early in the season with the Flames. They were incredibly good at driving play. They're really good at locking teams down when they get a lead. They're playing Daryl Sutter style hockey, this type of hockey that he won Stanley Cups in Los Angeles with. They went through that blip in December and January. A lot of it was COVID related. They had 17 guys into COVID protocol. The league shut them down for a while. They came back, took them a little while to get their game going. And now they have uh, Calgary sitting at 22 to one right now in the Stanley Cup market. And that's, you're, you know, you're obviously buying at a, at a really low point. But look, if you're just looking to have some fun on a team that has a legitimate shot at a decent number, I wouldn't hate Calgary uh, at that number. Full disclosure and pat myself on the back. Of course, I, I bet them preseason buying into this Daryl Sutter numbers from even last season towards the end of the year that he, he really did start to turn that team around. And another thing to consider in terms of that future is that Calgary's played just 18 home games compared to 27 on the road. So they do have a pretty favorable schedule. And that means that they could catch Vegas only one point behind them right now uh, and win the Pacific division, which which should give them a pretty soft first round matchup in the playoffs with that spiel out of the way, the Columbus blue jackets are traveling to Calgary is plus two Oh five underdogs. The flames minus two fifty five. The over under here is six. I've got nothing. I don't hate, you know, if you, if you want to get down on this game, a minus one and a half on Calgary. Cause I think if they do win, it'll likely be by multiple goals considering the type of goaltending and defense that the Blue Jackets tend to play. And when you're running into an offense like this, you could see Calgary post something crooked. But in terms of what we're looking at right now with these numbers, I'll be passing. What do you have for this one and, and what we're seeing out of the Flames lately? They're just rolling right now. I think that you um, that you touched on it there. They've been strong offensively. Now they add uh, Tyler Toffoli and they're continuing their strong defensive play as well. So it's not a team that I want to uh, step in front of right now. Um, the only possibility I see here for this game would be an over if we see Vladar start since the uh, Flames are on the first leg of their um, of their back-to-back. So that's a possibility. One thing in my notes that I wanted to share here is that Sutter is one of those coaches where you do need to wait for goalie confirmations. He's very old school. And with him, it can't be assumed that the starter and backup are going to split the back-to-backs. We've seen many times now um, since Sutter's been there where Markstrom gets starts either on a back-to-back or in or in unconventional situations where um, where the new school coaches, for example, would be playing their backup. So that's always something to keep an eye on in the Flames games. Um, you can never assume that Markstrom is not going to play both games of the uh, of the back-to-back. So if we do see Vladar here, I'll entertain the over. 
But other than that, it'll probably be a pass for me as well. I'm interested to see where this number goes. If we do get a um, Markstrom start, because uh, I'd assume it would tick up further and further, and we could see a really big juicy number next to the Blue Jackets, who did pull a pretty big one against the Capitals, who obviously are playing at a very different level from Calgary right now. Uh, a really interesting matchup in uh, the Western Conference. Dallas Stars, plus 190, traveling to Colorado, who are minus 240. The over-under here is six. The Stars are seven and three over the last 10 this team is, we talked about with the Senators, like how last year, it's so hard to assume that a team is going to play out almost the same exact script as the Senators did, especially when it's such a specific script as a team that starts slow, struggles early, doesn't get good goaltending, and then all of a sudden in the middle of the year starts pulling crazy upsets. That's a very specific script. The Stars have been playing this specific script for, this is the third season now, where they're just completely hard to read. Like they, they'll go on a six-game losing streak where they score two goals, then they'll go on these these runs where they'll go you know eight one and one and get themselves back into the race and then they'll disappear. Everyone's wondering if the team uh, you know should just tear it all down. Rick Bonus is on the hot seat, etc. Uh, and that's where we're at right now. They're seven to three in the last ten. Like I said, they're starting to creep back up into the Western Conference playoff picture. And they're near two to one on the road uh, on the road here against the Avalanche. That's a tough spot because Colorado's twenty one two and two at home and they're nine zero oh, and one in their last ten overall. However, if this number does keep going up on Dallas, if we get towards like the plus 210, 220 mark, I will be in on them just because this is a team that is, they're all over the place with their results. And it just wouldn't surprise me if we saw on Tuesday night, the stars come away with a big upset at Ball Arena. Anything for you here? Both of these teams are are teams that I do want to be betting on. The last time we talked about Colorado, we we mentioned how they were trending as a as an under team. Um, this has played out that way, and I'm expecting that to continue going forward. But we need to keep um, Nate McKinnon's status in in mind too. He should be he should be coming back, which is obviously going to be a boost for that offense. However, in this matchup against Dallas, um, it is a difficult spot for the under. Even though Sunday's matchup went under, it was with Klingberg out, who is a major offensive driver for the Stars offensively. And the Stars also played Holtby as well, who I have rated higher than Ottinger in their current form. So if Klingberg is back and Ottinger gets the start, I won't play this under, but it's something to keep an eye on. And um, I can depending on McKinnon's status and the goaltending situation there for Dallas. Also keep in mind that Colorado's on a back-to-back, the first leg of their back-to-back as well. So there could be a goaltending situation there as well. So those things need to be monitored. I can see myself on Dallas if the number gets out of hand, or I can see myself on the on the under there as well. Before we get to our best bets, we will wrap up this part of the show with Edmonton plus 120 traveling to Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles taking on the Kings, minus 140. The over-under here set at six and a half. The Oilers have made a coaching change since we uh, last talked with Jay Woodcroft coming in for Dave Tippett. They won their lone game under Woodcroft. That was against the Islanders, a game that they were, I wouldn't say they were lucky to win generally because they did get themselves back into the game, but they were definitely lucky not to be down early to the Islanders. Mike Smith was maybe his best performance for the Oilers this season. He stood on his head, especially in the first period. And it did seem like the same, and look, it's been one game, so it's, you can't expect uh, Woodcroft to kind of come in and stamp his uh, his authority on, on a team that is heavily flawed, especially defensively. But it did seem like the same kind of issues 
did present themselves in that game against the Islanders. A little leaky defensively. Islanders were had a couple two on O's. They it was a bit of a mess. However, I do expect uh, the Oilers to continue to have some life. I'm closer to Edmonton here than I am on Los Angeles, even playing on a back to back, and it will look like Mike Smith will start. But for right now, I'll, I'll see where this number goes, but definitely have some interest in Edmonton. Anything for you? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's no secret that I've been high on the on the Oilers here for the last little bit, even through the even through the coaching change. You even look at that Vegas game um, last week. It was a weird game in the sense that like the Oilers were right there, and it's just after it got to three nothing, like everything just shut down in that game, and like it it, it ended up being a thirty five minute game there. So, and then the next night, that was the catalyst for um, for Tippett being fired. They played well against Chicago. They didn't get the goaltending, and they ran into into Mark Andre Fleury, who we know can steal games even at his age at any time. So. Those two games didn't get me off the off the Oilers at all. Um, with the coaching change, I like how they've changed their lines. What we're seeing, and we saw this in the in the first game against um, against the Isles, was that they had uh, McDavid, Drysaitel, and Nugent Hopkins playing down the middle now, which which is where they should be playing. Even Mike Smith came through for me in that game. So the issue here is that they are on a back to back against the Kings team that. I do feel continues to be slightly undervalued in the market. I was bullish on the Kings coming in and they have played well, but similar to the Rangers, it is tough to get a good read on them right now with them being off um, for almost two weeks. Um, Overall this season, I do have them profiled as an under team, but of course, goaltending matters for them. Um, With Smith and a quick combination, I can look into the under, but I'll need a better number to play if it is Peterson that gets to start. So I'm looking at the under here, depending on the number I get in the morning. Mike Smith under. What a nice way to spend an evening. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, we'll move on to top shelf bets. Our favorite bets for Tuesday, February 15th, a nine game slate. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. I'll let you go first. We touched on this game a little bit at the top, but uh, you have a different angle for us. I did bet the Flyers in their first game against the Wings, and um, I was so close to betting them again on Saturday once um, Grice was uh, was confirmed for Detroit. But then I remembered that I, I just don't want to do that. Um, I think that we've we have reached a point in the season now where I, I, I kind of feel where like the terrible teams are now just who they are at this point, and 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 it's tough to make a case in these kind of mis, mismatches for me. Um, I don't think that the Flyers played that poorly on Saturday, but they just don't have the horses right now to uh, finish. Um, I have been impressed with Carter Hart, bounce back season for him. And of course, um, Jari's numbers have been good, although we have touched on this. it's He's probably not as good as his numbers show. And we've joked about the Flyers defense all season, but they're actually trending better for me right now. Even when we adjust for their opponents, the Pens also have been trending um, well on the under and I, I don't see that changing here so I suspect that we'll see a plus money under six which would get me on the under so I will make the Philadelphia Pittsburgh under as my best bet for me pretty obvious it should have been obvious off the top the Ottawa Senators they're plus 155 hosting the St. Louis Blues on Tuesday night and like uh, I talked about it Ottawa they are now 11 and 13 as underdogs of plus 150 or longer this season. And over the past two seasons in the NHL, there's been no team that has profiled even close to what Ottawa has been when they are big pooches. So give me the senators against a team that has struggled to drive play over their last 10 games and generally don't drive play all that much. A team that does rely pretty heavily on goaltending to bail them out. 
the good news for Ottawa is all of a sudden they have good goaltending to speak of for themselves. So I like the Senators plus 145 or better against St. Louis on Tuesday night as my favorite bet. And with that, another episode of Line Changes in the Books. For so many sports, I'm Michael Leibov, wishing you the best of luck with all your NHL bets on Tuesday, February 15th.